laws will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hat, Tim Foyle hat, Tim Foyle hat. Tim and welcome to another exciting episode of Tin Foyle Hat. We are live, deep in the bunker. You got myself, you got my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the most off-the-grid dude you will ever meet in your life, with the flowing hair, Ryan Davis. Ryan, how are you? Hi, I'm, I'm ready for this. This is a good episode. We're super excited. Hopefully, Theo will be able to make it. If not, feel free to send him tons of hate mail. Uh, guys, just want to say thank you to all the fans of Tim Foyle Hat who came to the St. Louis Funny Bone this weekend. You guys are great. Awesome club. So thankful to be there. I will be at the funny stop at the Cuyahoga Falls outside of Cleveland. I think it's called Cuyahoga Falls. Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga. Just go to samtriplee.com, get those dates, or check out my Twitter. Guys, also check out the new Punch Drunk. I mean, excuse me. Check out the new uh, tw- our new Twitter, which is the Mad Hatter 39ers. Go check that out. It's a uh, The Twitter account is getting bigger and bigger, so we're super excited about it. Uh, so what's going on? You, I find out you just beat a court case. Is that right? Yeah, that's kind of perfect for this. Yeah, it is kind of perfect. As you guys know, I am... I'm about 14 and 3 in traffic court, so I do know the legal system. So I'm very excited about today. As you know, we've had some great guests and some great stuff. If you guys love Tim Foyle Hat, please go to our iTunes and leave us some great reviews. Tim Foyle, rate, review, hit five star. Tell your friends. If you want to see the YouTube version of this, please go to youtube.com backslash Sam Tripoli. Uh, we got a very, very exciting show for you. Uh, as you know, Netflix has taken over You know the world. It's everywhere. Everybody watches it. And one of the biggest shows it's ever had is Making of a Murderer. I know I couldn't stop watching it. Ryan, have you seen it? No. But you've done some research on Big it. Big time. Once I heard about this subject, I was... I very much got it. It is, uh, whether, you know, uh, and I'm going to bring in our guests in a couple seconds, the legal system is so amazing on how it works because ideally you want to believe that right and wrong is what matters the most. And that doesn't always happen. You know, if you ever get a chance to watch the 30 for 30, uh, the Duke lacrosse players, uh, that whole story, what you see is very aggressive uh, prosecution where it's more about being right than doing right. And a lot of people think it's the same situation with Steve Avery and Megan a murder. So I want to bring our guest real quick and help us go through the whole journey of Megan of a murder. Uh, he, he's written novels. He's been all over television, has books out there, has a wonderful website called coldcasecameron.com. Please welcome to the show, John A. Cameron. How are you, John? Great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on the show. Totally appreciate it. I know you you got a lot of stuff going on. We'll get into all of that. And uh, why don't you give our, our listeners a little background on you, uh, on who you are and why you're so interested in this making of a murder to Steve Avery story. 
Sure. You know, I was a police officer for 24 years and I retired as a sergeant of detectives in charge of cold cases here in Great Falls, Montana. And after I retired in 2005, I uh, went to work in Deer Lodge Prison, Montana as an analyst for the parole board. So my job was to analyze killers and things in prison oh, and man. Uh, make recommendations to the parole board whether or not these people were, you know, safe to get out and uh, become a good member of society. And it was in that position in 2010 that I ended up getting introduced to a serial killer named Edward Wayne Edwards. Okay, real and quick before we get into this guy. Uh, you, Your job is to analyze people and basically make a recommendation if you believe that they should be given parole or not. Like, will they be a threat to society? Exactly. I, you know, I, I would review all of their psych records, talk to them, their victims, and, and make like a one-page recommendation to the parole board. Now, was there one thing in general that you were looking for that you're like, okay, this dude's going to snap? Or it's like, no, okay, man, obviously it was like that. He's learned his lesson. I recommend that he goes out. Was there anything that really triggered you one way or the other? You know, there's a lot of people in prison that probably don't belong there. Uh, drug cases and, and small-time offenses, things like that. Black. But, no, I look for the psychopaths. <laughs> there were always the, the telltale signs of the psychopaths because if you got to read their their evaluations all the way to the back when they were teenagers, you knew that they were evil people when they were young. And so you never wanted to release anybody with violence, and especially anybody who was a really smart criminal. Really? You know, if you had if you had convictions for things like forgery and fraud and insurance fraud and things like that and violence, uh, those were two big red flags that you were able to get away with murder. Really? Holy yeah. shit. Okay, before we get into uh, the serial killer and behind all this thing, joining us in studio, one of my favorite people on the planet, one of the funniest people I know, uh, he has an awesome, awesome album out, was number one for like a couple weeks on iTunes, called 30 Pound, 30 Pound Bag of Hamster Bones, and he's got a Netflix special called No Offense, and he has two awesome podcasts, allegedly with math. Matthew Cole Weiss, and this past weekend, my homeboy. I love him to death. Thank you for coming. I know you're super busy. Thank you. My for good me. friend, Theo Vaughn. Happy to be here, man. And I'm already, I'm already super intrigued. Thank you guys for having me so much, Sam. Um, I'm super intrigued by how do you figure out, uh, John, who these guys are. You yeah. know, this yeah, is fascinating. He was because... hired at this. Kind of catch you up on what you miss. He's hired at this uh, f prison facility. Mm -hmm. His job was to make sure that you know. He was going to look for who he thought might commit crimes again and who he didn't, and it was almost like this weird chess play that went on. Mm. Uh, to be honest, John, was there anyone that maybe you missed on that got out and kind of made, you know, you thought, hey, dude, this guy's going to be cool and kind of went out and maybe committed more crimes? Oh, yeah, that happened more than once, actually, where, you know, you, you, you make the mistake of giving a guy a chance, and then he goes out and he whacks somebody two years later. Yeah, that does happen, and it did happen when I was in that position uh, twice, actually, that I can recall. So really, and are you? It's a, a big responsibility, but it, my job was just to make the recommendation. The parole board could do whatever they wanted to wow. do, so they they would let them out, maybe against my recommendation, and then they'd go out and kill again. And is there any liability for these parole boards if that thing sort of happens? 
No, not here in Montana. The parole board's actually uh, made up of five just individuals that are picked by the governor, and they they're just trying to make average people uh, look at the situation and and see if they should be released. Now, uh, is there a recipe? for a serial killer you know as i was growing up i would always hear these stories about like these serial killers tend to have crazy mothers who like dress them up as like you know uh girls made them go to school super religious you know there's always this weird kind of uh killed animals yeah killed animals yeah is there any like recipe for a psychopath john well if there is ed edwards was probably the perfect recipe um, but usually it's uh, raised by a single parent, abuse at very young age, being smacked in the head up to prior to the age of five as punishment. That causes a lot of brain injury. Oh, really? Wow. There's um, going to be a million uh, black serial killers in, in the future because <laughs> every little black kid I see always gets smacked in the head oh, by yeah, his mother. Dude, I, I just should go to Walmart be like serial killer, yep. serial killer, serial killer. <laughs> now, what about also the name Edward Edwards? Is that not a sign for a serial killer having the same first and last name? Or yeah. is that just or nothing? Or an assassin. Well, that in itself, yeah, you know, that's not his real name. His real name was actually Char Charles Edward Meyer. And at the age of five, his mother was killed in front of him. Now, was, and, she, was she killed or did, he, did she commit suicide? I, not that, you know, one is by choice and the other one is uh, a violence commit. Did, did somebody kill her in front of him or did she kill herself? Well, on the death certificate, it was listed as a suicide that she shot herself in the stomach with a rifle. But what's very strange about the whole thing is that after that happened, he was removed from the home and his name was changed and he was put into an orphanage and he was like removed from any contact with the family. And so there were suspicions that he could have pulled the trigger. Really? Wow. At the at age of five. Cold-blooded homeboy. That's early. Is there a genetic test you think that, that we'll ever have that we'll be able to tell if people have this in them? You know, I don't think so, but I think it's it's pretty easy to find if you have their psych records. Many of these kids are very disturbed when they're young, so they have a lot of psych psychiatric evaluations. There's a lot of information to be gathered. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a person like Ed Edwards was a one in a million, really. Really? I mean, the man was a genius, and he was a killer, and he was a master criminal. So you mix those uh, three things together, and his favorite thing was to taunt the police with his intelligence. Well, now, is there a thing that maybe like just the you know nature versus nurture? Like this guy, you say brilliant mind could like just worked on a higher level. If he had been born in a different environment, could he have gone on to be a uh, you know a CEO, uh, you know a really successful businessman, and just he got thrown into this world of shit? Where he just had to like fend for himself, and it kind of like the, the 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 recipe got mixed up, and then next thing you know, he's a serial killer. Well, you know, after his mother was uh, killed, and then he went to that Catholic orphanage, he was basically raped, beaten, and abused by God nuns, damn, priests, man. and older boys. And so a monster was created that he had no love. That's what he said throughout his life: is he never had a parent to speak of, he never had a mother, and he never had love at the very formative People. ages. You and, are born uh, into a world of shit sometimes. That's why I always, man, when I see somebody, I give them a dollar. You just don't know where, you know, I mean, like I see some, I try to help people. It's just like, you just don't know what kind of world people were born into. 
It's fucking rough, dog. So not every orphanage ends up like Annie, is what you're saying here? Yeah. yeah. So it's not the, yeah, it's like, well, then you got the other opposite. That's Tiffany Haddish, who was born into, you know, an orphanage. Now she's like on all these incredible movies she's doing. It's like, it's just. But could also still be a serial killer. That's what's <laughs> amazing about be. Tiffany. That, that's uh, <laughs> she's got a unique, I mean, yeah, she's a real, She's just has this wild fire in her sometimes. It seems like you can't even get near it. Like, um. Yeah, I can imagine that if somebody has no love at all, that they have no, then of course, why would somebody's life mean anything to them? Probably. Why would anyone's life mean anything? Yeah. It's just like you got to survive, man. How do you survive? And sometimes it's cold blooded, dude. So let's get into before we get into the uh, why you uh, Edwards Edwards. Let's get into the making of the murder. Now, Theo, you love the you and I were talking about it all the time as it came out. It really caught your eye. What, Why'd you love it so? Why'd you love that whole series? Well, I love the. I mean, I literally can't sleep at night unless I know there's a new murder that I don't know about. So yeah, that's where weird? I'm at with murder. <laughs> yeah. Like I watched a murder this morning. I watched an episode of Disappeared. I hadn't seen on the way here. Do you ever um, feel bad? Like you're like, oh, a new season of First Forty Eight comes out, and you're like, well, that means twenty four people had to die for me to be entertained. Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I feel a little bit bad about it, but I also feel grateful to those people. Okay, I respect that. <laughs> you know, I, sure, I respect I'll, that. Yeah, I usually pray a little bit before I watch an episode. So, John, um, would you let Theo out of prison if he told you that at your little <laughs> at your uh, little meeting before he goes in front of the parole board? Well, I think you'd have to wear an ankle bracelet. Okay, I respect that. <laughs> but the, it, it's just fascinating, man. It's amazing how we're so into this. But I will start emailing people that are in the shows and saying, "What is go?" You know, like even if it's an old case or something. You if somebody, email these killers? Oh yeah, I'll email the people that are accused of it, and really, I'll hit them up on Facebook if I can find them. Yeah, I get. Don't you angry wish, about it. Don't you wish Twitter had, had uh, don't you wish uh, First 48 had Twitter handles on there? Yeah. Like, you know, like Pooh Bear. You know, you can find out what happened to Pooh Bear. Yeah. I always it would be that. great. Um, um, but yeah, making a murder out of the gate. I mean, obviously, the, just the guy's life was fascinating. The fact that he got accused of a murder and then uh, was not guilty of that. Well, first of all, he gets accused settlement. of a rape. Yeah. Now, now, uh, did you study the making of a murder uh, story, John, before you got into this uh, Edwards connection? Or do you? What's your thoughts on that whole case? No, I spent six years investigating Ed Edwards, following his life and interviewing all of his families and some of his victims, and just followed his life. Published wow. a book, um, and he liked to frame people his whole life. I'd never even heard of making of a murderer, and uh, I. Somebody it's called me crazy, after they read huh? my book and said, uh, you need to watch this show because what you wrote about in your book is exactly what's taking place on Netflix right now. Holy shit. And uh, within me... the first three episodes, it was clear that that could have been an Ed Edwards murder. And he was definitely around at the time to do it. Okay. So let's get in real quick in case people lived under a rock and hadn't seen that show. Let me just give some quick little breakdowns. And uh, if anybody wants to chime in with thoughts on that, we'll do that, and we'll just get the information going. You want to, you want to, uh, Ryan? Do you want to tell us real quick all the info you got? Uh, so the making the murder is basically about this woman, Penny Bing Bing Berstein, B E E R N T S E N. She was a victim of sexual assault and attempted murder. Right before that happens, Stephen 
Avery has a fight with one of his female cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, she got him in trouble, and he saw her driving down the street. So she, he pulled her over, got out gun. Like, she says he whipped his pants on, started jerking off, when, which he says he never did. He just wanted to have a talk with her right, about right. backing the fuck off. Sometimes you got to talk with your dick, you Sometimes know? Sometimes you got to talk with your dick. A dick that's, and a gun at the same time? Yeah, a dick and, saying. that's two guns. That's <laughs> yeah. two guns. Has talked with, now here's the thing, his female cousin is married to law enforcement, some police officers. And, you know, as much as I love cops, my father was a cop. I mean, my grandfather was a cop. There's a, sometimes there's a fine line between cop and criminal. And it's like, which side do you fall on? I've talked about this before. When my grandfather passed away, half his uh, funeral was one side was uh, Niagara Falls law enforcement. The other side was the Niagara Falls mafia. That's how my grandpa was. That's how he rolled. Not saying every cop. I think there's great cops out there. It's not anti-cop rant. I'm totally pro-cops. If you don't, you know, it's like without cops, there'd be chaos. Mm -hmm. But they're also human beings. And they also have this egos, and they have personalities, they have insecurities. Like everybody else, there's good and bad, and there's you know good and bad apples. They have a problem with Stephen Avery. Suddenly, this woman says she's running on the beach, and she gets grabbed, sexually assaulted, almost murdered. She gives a description of the assailant. It literally looks nothing like Stephen Avery. Nothing like him. He gets thrown in jail. He does 18 years, takes 18 years for DNA to exonerate him. Mm. Yeah. 18 years in prison. That's crazy. How often did you, uh, John, find people that you go, this guy didn't, did you ever have that? Where you're like, this guy did not do this crime and he is in jail for this. Yes, actually, uh, three times when I was the parole board analyst that it came, came, it was clear to me anyway on these cases that they were in prison on murders they didn't do. And that's something Edwards played on, was the police ability to kind of have tunnel vision on a murder case, especially a horrific murder case, and want to close it out and not look at the bigger picture. And there's there's Uh, probably a lot of, not, not only ego, but there's probably a lot of pressure on them when the media gets involved, you know, yeah. like we saw with the Casey Anthony thing and, and Nancy Grace completely pushed that that whole case way quicker than it was ready to go. And she forced local the local authorities to arrest Casey Anthony and bring her to trial maybe before they were ready to bring her to trial. And I'm sure this happens with guilty. I mean, like, I'm going to be honest with you. The black community gets thrown under the bus constantly in this thing. That's why, I mean, in an idealistic world, I am I am pro-death penalty. But we don't live in that world. Yeah. I'd rather see a million guys walk free than one guilty guy go to jail. Because I'm always like, what if that's me one day? Yeah. Because if you don't have the right representation, you know, you got the wrong guy, and we'll see that with uh, Brendan, that he gets uh, he gets the wrong lawyer, and he gets thrown under the bus. It's fucking rough, dude. Yeah. So he goes 18 years, he goes to jail, he gets out, he gets exonerated. He's going to sue the police. Mm-hmm. He's going to sue them for, what, $48 million, I believe that was the number? Mm-hmm. Not enough. Not, not, enough. N- not enough. How much is it going to cost you 18 years of your of, life? Of your li- you'll never get that back. You should be able to take a life after that point. That's why they, that's why they find you in time, not in money. Yeah. They find you in time. And it's like, you're going to do this amount of time. We're going to take this finite number of years you are alive. We're going to take this away from you. Yeah. And you only have this left. 
And that's what they did. It took 18 years. Now, I think Steve Avery gets in trouble when the insurance company that covers the police and lawsuits tells them, we're not covering you if you get, if you lose this case. And the 14 or the $48 million is coming out of these dudes' pockets. Mm. And that's where he gets fucked. So this girl, Teresa Hallenbach, is that her name? Is that how you Halbach. say it? Hallenbach. Gets sued. I mean, supposed to go over Stephen Avery's and try to sell this car on, I believe, Craigslist or Auto Finder or something like mm-hmm. that. That's the last known picture of her alive. She takes a picture in front of it. She disappears. They go, they don't even look at anybody else. They zero in on Stephen Avery because now they have to, you know, they're, they got $48 million oh, hanging over their head. They shut down his property for a week. No one's allowed on the property for a week. A week, man. They're scouting the houses back and forth, back and forth. Nobody founds nothing. The, what's the name of the county? Manitowoc. Manitowoc authorities are not allowed on the case because there's a conflict of interest. They still get on the property. Suddenly find him. Boom. They suddenly, after a week of searching this house, find a key there. Yeah. Suddenly they find, open, clean, found. Now here we are. We're at the murders. They get convicted on this on this whole false confession. No real evidence puts them right there. Here's where John, you come in. Why do you believe that Edwards Edwards committed this crime? Well, you got to look at Ed himself first of all. He, he's a, a highly brilliant man who wrote a book when he was 39 years old. And in that book he claimed that he was basically a reformed criminal. He was married for 43 years, he had five kids, he had 11 grandchildren, and he was allowed to travel the country from the 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up till his death in 2010, claiming that he was a reformed criminal, when in fact what he was doing, and was proven by his guilty pleas, was killing. Jesus. Jesus Christ, how many murders do you think he committed? He was killing every year that he was out, and he was available, he was out, 66 years. Hmm. He started at age 12, and he went until 77, killing, um, traveling every part of the country, and portraying himself as a police officer, a civil servant, a psychiatrist, and a preacher. Hmm. So he was able to gain access. And, to, and the Stephen Avery was just a, was a beautiful setup for him. It was uh, 2003 when he was released from prison. He was all over the press. Okay. In 2003, as a wrongfully convicted man. Portraying himself as all the characters he'd probably seen do wrong to him or had some uh, juris, you know, anger against. Now, now framing people, well, you have a couple murders that he, he's known for like five big murders, right, Ryan? Yeah, John, he confessed to five total, correct? Yeah, four of them were couples parked on lovers' lanes. And then the, the fifth one was a man that he actually adopted, changed his name to Danny Boy Edwards. Yeah. Killed let's, him and collected a quarter million dollars of insurance. So that kind of showed you his criminal side. Let's get into these murders real quick. Can you tell us what you know about them real quick, Ryan? Re- yeah, let's break it down. So the first one, 1977, was Billy Lavaco and Judy Straub. It was in Ohio. And he shot the young couple parked on Lover's Lane, right? If you can right. go ahead and just give us more information you know about that one. Do you know anyth- what, any thoughts on those murders? Yeah, sure, because I had the same type of murder here in Montana in 1956 where Edwards was here, Mm. approached a couple, shot them in a car, kidnapped the girl, put her on her knees and shot her in the head twice. 
And so that, that was the whole reason I got involved with Ed Edwards, is I wanted him to confess to the murder that was just like the one he was confessing to in Ohio. And, you know, he's the Zodiac killer. He liked to sneak up on couples in their cars who were having sex out of wedlock or cheating on their husbands or their wives and seek revenge on them because he was born an illegitimate child, just like, you know, these people are all creating. So that was his obsession. Now, do you think he was the Zodiac killer or do you think he was like the Zodiac killer? No, he was the Zodiac killer. You believe that Edward Wayne's Edwards was the, the Zodiac killer? Yeah, he definitely was. And that's what got me obsessed with the whole thing is I confronted him about that because I was able to show him killing couples in cars from 56 all the way up until his capture in 2010. Hmm. Now, the weird, okay, the weirdest thing about Edwards Wayne Edwards is he goes to jail, right? He goes to jail, you know, as a kid, he's, he's in the system. 1955. He's, he's getting assaulted, assaulted. He escapes from jail. Do you know how he escapes from jail? He... he Pushes the guard and runs off. No. Into a field. Into a field. Like you mm. could do in the 50s. That's how you did it back in the 50s. Wow. You just pushed the guard and ran off. And they never caught him again. And he's the, he's, That's he's when a, he ended up in my home state, Montana. After he did that, he ended up in my state killing that couple on a lover's lane and got away with it. By pushing a guy. And when you, the first time that you ever, so you met him, John, right, and spent time with him. I uh, spoke to him on the phone and exchanged letters with him for 11 months. And whenever you spoke to him on the phone, do you get any semblance that, like, do you just worry that he's playing you the whole time, or do you feel like you're in control, or do you feel like he's in control? Yeah, some, like, like uh, some Silence of the Lambs stuff? Yeah, because I could have— He's in control. He's in control. <laughs> he's in, he was in total control. He was going to give me what he wanted me to get, and the reason is, is— you know, I figured out early on and confronted him as being the Zodiac killer, but what he kept telling me and my friend is it's so much worse and that we didn't understand that he framed people. Mm-hmm. And that really was what he was trying to get me to realize, that he's dead and he's got people framed on death row and he's killing in his afterlife just like the Zodiac said he would do. Hey, can we play a little bit of his confession real quick to uh... – a real quick, it was on your website. Can we play a little yeah, bit? Yeah, you have it up. Can you yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah we'll play it real quick. Danny Boy Edwards. So, anyways, so let's set this murder up. One and another murder they did, and uh, John, can you kind of set up the Danny Boy? You kind of got into it. I just didn't want to jump it too much, but can you explain to our listeners and Theo mm-hmm. what he did for what this murder involved? Well, in regards to Danny Boy, or do you want to, the, the most important one on the Avery case is the fact that he killed in Wisconsin, yes. not too far from where Avery and Halbach incident happened. And he confessed to that lover's lane killing. And that was another couple. But in that case, he strangled them and stabbed them. So basically, he kills by rope, by knife, by gun, and by fire. And that's what the Zodiac killer did. And with Danny Boy Edwards, he just picked a very uh, low IQ individual convinced him to go in the army, convinced him to change his name to D.B. Edwards, and then convinced him to put 250 grand worth of life insurance on himself. And he did all of this, and it took two years to set it up. And then he lured him to his house, killed him, hid his body for a year, had them find the body in a cemetery, and then collected a quarter of a million dollars and got away with it in 1996. Here's him confessing Hmm. to the whole thing real quick. Fellow young son. I was going to come by, pick him up, and hide him out for a couple months, and then he would be clear. He wouldn't have to worry about anything. 
he believed all this and it was up there that he where he died and I had the body partially covered and kept it that way. I went back up there about every three or four months to check because I wanted the body found but not immediately but I didn't want to bury it either so I left it partially covered and uh, the one time was about a year later when I went up to check on it the head had been separated from the body through the animals and everything uh -huh. and uh, I took it with me animals. and took it across the street and threw it up into the field and the police and everything they've been looking for it but they can't find it, it was <laughs> nothing but the skull they've been able to, unable to find it but uh, uh, there was a hundred that uh, found Danny and uh, and the rest of the story everybody knows it uh, where he was found and and why but that was set up and after he was found it was oh I'm not sure maybe a year later maybe maybe not as much as a year that I collected uh, two hundred fifty thousand oh. dollars on the from the uh, the investigation, but uh, the God. makes you want to kill my buddy, dude. Honestly, <laughs> one of my low life friends <laughs> set it up. Oh my God, dude. Do you think, and John, so I have this question is can the like if he can't feel any love, why does it manifest itself as murdering people? Like, why, why did these people end up being murderers? Well, he looked at it as he's doing the world a favor by not creating more of him. And that's why he killed couples in cars having sex out of wedlock and creating, you know, having babies that didn't have uh, loving parents or fathers or, or whatever it might be. That was one, one reason why he would kill, because he would kill cheaters, too, and sinners and, and people that were screwing around their husbands and their wives. And, and uh, it was all based kind of on the Catholic religion of the seven deadly sins. You know, if you were a sinner, he felt justified to kill you. And then why did he kill Teresa Halbeck then if you, if you. Okay. So let's get into that real quick. So, so your theory is, and the theory that is out there is that he was somewhat jealous of Stephen Avery or saw an opportunity to set this thing up. Now, do you know of any cases besides the Stephen Avery one where you believe he set somebody up and went and watched their trial? Do you know of any, John, offhand? Yeah, he, he attended trials in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s. He testified in the late 80s at a guy's trial that he had framed. Do you um, have any, uh, any more details on any of those cases that like where he kind of set up and the guy actually went to jail? Yeah, in fact, in 1955, before he came to my hometown, he framed a man named Bert Nabbitt down in California. Mm -hmm. And while Edwards was here in Montana in Deer Lodge Prison, they executed Bert Nabbitt for his murder. Oh, and my God. And they got away with it. So that's why the Zodiac was the executioner, is that he could frame people and be the judge, jury, and executioner. And that's why he wore that executioner's hood in September of 1969 when he killed a couple on a beach in California. Mm. And he actually told them, the Zodiac Killer said to that couple in 1969 that he had been in Deer Lodge Prison, that he had killed a guard, that he had stolen a car, and he was headed to Mexico. 
And Edwards had done all of that here in Montana, but he had done it 13 years earlier, 1956 to 59, mm. when he was in Deer Lodge Prison where I worked. And uh, basically there was a riot where two guards were killed and Edwards was part of the, of the riot. And uh, it was always a game with Edwards. He would always give clues to his victims. And in regards to the Avery case, and Paul Avery was a, a reporter for the San Francisco Examiner and Chronicle and during the Zodiac case. And the Zodiac sent Paul Avery letters in 1973 over and over again, taking responsibility for other murders and teasing Paul Avery, you know, uh, that he was who, framing. Okay, I'm sorry. Who is Paul Avery again? He's a reporter that, uh, he was in the movie Zodiac, actually. Okay. He's the reporter from San Francisco that chased the Zodiac and kind of, you know, went downhill after it. Did he um, ever link him to Edwards? Did he ever link Edwards and Zodiac? Yes, yeah. In fact, the the Zodiac puzzles that were sent in 1969 and 70 that said if you solved them, you would uh, have my name. We solved them in 2010, confronted Edwards, and the pu puzzle said, my name is Edward Edwards. What? He had, he had taken his name and made hieroglyphics out of the, the letters in his name, and nobody could understand what those hieroglyphics meant. But they were basically just the letters to his name and mirror image, and he was teasing everybody with his intelligence. And when we cracked it, the, the character, 13 characters were to the cipher, 13 characters to the name Edward Edwards, and he had used his, uh, the letters in his name. Mm -hmm. And it, once you had his name, it was solvable. And that's when we confronted him, he confirmed we were right, but that we didn't quite understand how bad it was. You know, we thought, well, you're the Zodiac. Holy shit, this is fucking yeah, cool. That's got to be crazy, right? <laughs> but it's so much worse than that because he framed people. Right, and he always tied his his killings back to the to names of previous murders, like an Avery. Nobody knows that another Stephen Avery was murdered in 1973 near Leavenworth Prison, mm -hmm. and Edwards did it. And Edwards was in Leavenworth Prison, um, and uh, a guy named Stephen Avery, his mother Hazel Avery, and a guy named Gary Longfellow were all executed in a car with two shots to the head, like Teresa Halbach was, and. That happened in 73. Stephen Avery gets up in 2003, and Ed can't resist setting up a guy who just did 18 years, but not only setting up Stephen Avery, but setting up the, the Manitowoc Sheriff's Office to look stupid and look like they were the ones planting the evidence. They, those cops wouldn't have done all that. It was right. too obvious. It led right back to them. I mean, they're not, they're not that stupid. And but have, the killer was always inside the cops, and that's the way Edwards was in all his murders. He was inside under assumed identities, leading the direction to anybody but him. Oh, my God. And those photos where you see him, John, where you see him in the background of some of these court appearances and stuff, are, are the, is that definitely him? In the Avery case, I don't know for sure. We never did identify who that man is in the courtroom in that case. But there's two other cases back in 56 here in Montana and in Chicago that it's definitely him in the background at the funerals of the victims. Hmm. And that's, he you was always in him? front. That could be any dude in the Midwest. Yeah, also. that that's could the be any dude in the Midwest that could. Looks like both of my grandfathers. Yeah. Just going to pay a parking ticket. Yeah. But that looks a lot like him, though. That looks a lot like him. But, but if he, if he, but no matter what, whether that's him in this photo or not, you believe that he did this, though, John? Yeah, he 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 had killed in Wisconsin. Obviously, he confessed uh, in uh, to the 1980 double murder. But he had killed in Wisconsin in the 50s and 60s too. 
And he hated Wisconsin for the very fact that, that the warden in Deer Lodge Prison, where I work, came from Wisconsin mm-hmm. and really threw, threw the prison for a loop. And uh, that's when the riot happened and Edwards got involved in the riot. And so he would return to states that he named in his book and kill and frame somebody. He did it here in Montana. He did it in Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, Texas, California, okay. Arizona. So <laughs> let's do this. You have it. You you believe he did it. Can you take us through it, how you see it plays out, and how how Edwards set this up and put the whole thing in motion? Yeah, as soon as Stephen Avery was released in uh, 9-11 of 2003 is when Edwards would have saw that. He would have seen that he did 18 years wrongfully convicted. He had a right name to connect it to his puzzle with the Zodiac, with the name Avery, and he lived in the right state, Wisconsin, a state that Edwards hated and had killed him. And so what Ed would have done is try to figure out how can he set him up. Well, Teresa Halbach was the female that regularly went to the Avery salvage yard to photograph the cars they were selling. And so that was a perfect opportunity. You know, here you got Teresa working for a magazine, editor of a magazine, photographer for a magazine. That's exactly who the Zodiac taunted his whole life were editors and magazines and newspapers. And he would just have to figure out how to get her to go to Avery Salvage at the last place known that she was and then kill her and then slowly plant the evidence to imply that it was Stephen and the cops did the planting. Well, the way to do that is to get into the cops. He had to have known somebody in the Manitowoc Sheriff's Office, and they wouldn't have known him as Edward Edwards. He would have had credentials. He had a machine to make them that would have showed that he was a retired Marine, that he was a uh, did, civil Did he expert. have that? Was that something he was known for, as having like a laminate maker and a, uh, some kind of official... Uh, identification? Did it, is that yeah, something they did? seized it actually in 2009, and he was making not only identifications for, as police officers, but also as a doctor of psychiatry with all of the diplomas and setting up offices and luring his victims into his office. Wow! And preacher, and so wow. it was easy to whip out the credentials, and he he knew civil engineering. He he went to the Marines when he was 17. He did basic training in the Marines in 1950, and then they found out that he lied about his name and everything, and they threw him out, and he started killing. Now, John, what's the evidence that he's planted that you're referring to? Yeah, so so he kidnaps and kills her. How does he plant the evidence? There Now, this is a weird moment because you're saying there's some kind of collusion going on in, between him and the cops. The cops might not know he's a serial killer, but all of a sudden, bones show up, which is a big thing that people talked about on the show, that these bones suddenly get there. There's no there's no sign of any kind of blood or anything in the house where the murder supposedly happens. This idiot redneck guy suddenly becomes Dexter, set, fucking puts up all this plastic in this place, kills everybody. No, no, no DNA is found anywhere of her in the house, but suddenly there's bone fragments in the pit how does how does how does he get her in your head as you know edwards how does he get the body to the pit and the car back to the property right yes how's that all happen right and we know the car wasn't there after she disappeared they flew over when she was reported missing that car was not in that lot it was brought there that next friday night a few days later and it was seen driving in there and being planted in there 
So that's the first thing they find is the car. Then two days later, they start finding bones in the burn pit. And then the next day, they find a key planted inside the, the uh, bedroom. And he would have been part of that, you know, the 40 to 60 people that all got together the day they were going to go look for the car. And Hillegas, the boyfriend, led that charge. He led the search team. And that's who, you know, Kathleen Zellner is naming right now as the suspect in the case. That's who Edwards would have gotten into was Hillegas and Teresa Halbach. But Teresa's dead. But he would have gotten anything he needed as just the nice helper guy who attended the meetings and claimed to have expert, you know, expertise in searches. And he did. He attended many of his searches throughout the, his life. Um, he would have been inside the church that Teresa Halbach went to. He would have attended it, so he would have looked comfortable. That's the way he was. He could groom his way into anybody, and they would come to him. And do you? Is there any extra proof of that? Like, have you been able to speak with um with the boyfriend? You know, since uh, Kathleen Zellner took over the case, I went out and visited with the Averys just after Netflix. Uh, released that show because I couldn't believe what I was watching. Wow. And I questioned them and I gave them a copy of my book and I showed them pictures of Edwards and they're basically Edwards was the same age as Steve's mom and dad. And it was as simple as getting into the salvage yard, getting his DNA off any of the old t-shirts, underwear, whatever. Um, and that's how easy it would have been because Steve cut his finger. There would have been blood in the, in the garbage cans. There clearly was blood. But how, I mean, and now getting onto those properties is like, you know, I grew up in a ratty white environment and the last thing you want to go do is milling around on some poor white people's land. Like <laughs> I would way rather jump onto the white house lawn than I would jump onto the white trash house lawn, you know? So what makes you think that an old guy like that can get on there? Well, yeah, just, I mean, I was out at the car lot. I mean, basically, you just pull in there and you say, I'm looking for a, a part for this car. You mind if I go look in your lot? The lot was massive. It wow. was 44 acres. Mm. Anybody is allowed to go out there. And in fact, when they found the car, and this is in the record from the phone call that Pam Stern made, there was a man standing back on the hill that made her frightened and scared her. And I believe at that time, that would have been Ed Edwards. He had planted the car. He was part of the so search team. Crazy. And he just led police down this path to make it look like Avery did it. So Avery Deer had to be the stupidest, smartest criminal or someone was planting the evidence. And they're claiming it's Ryan Hillegas. But he's a nurse. He's not a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, we do see in all the, you know, it's a classic law and order plot. They, you know, when a, a murder or a crime happens, they always take pictures of everybody watching. Mm -hmm. And that happens again, they take a picture again, and they look for the same guy who's there all the time. And at the end of the day, uh, how many murders do you think this that Edwards, Edwards had committed? If you had to ballpark it, and you're like, you don't have the exact number, but what would you say it would be? On the average five to ten a year when he was out and able to do it. So 66 years he was killing, and out of those 66, 14, he was in prison. So basically he'd have like 50, you know, 48 years, right around there, to kill five to 10 a year, every year. And that really, you have to read what the Zodiac said in his letters. He got his rocks off by killing and framing people. And so that was his addiction. It was, there's no serial killer that's ever been profiled like Ed Edwards. You know, he was married with a family who 
you know, he stabbed his wife once and mm. refused to let her go to the hospital because he could fix her. He portrayed himself as a doctor. He had all the Jesus the Christ. techniques to do it. Now, how long did was and he was he married this whole time? Yes, he was married to the same wife for the past forty three years. After he, he stabbed killed, her. Yeah. Yes. She stayed with him, and she would never cross him. Mm. She and her kids would never cross him either. He just was. You know, he, he would travel from one end of the country to the other. They'd be under assumed names. They'd be living in campgrounds or rented houses, attend school a year here, go to another place, attend school a year here. And the whole time, Dad's killing. Do they know? But they don't know it. They just know that something's not right. They know nothing? You think there's any way, like, he left clues? or Because I can't imagine that if I'm that sadistic and I'm around my family that I wouldn't, like, drop little, you know— little hints in here and there, like whether I'm writing it on the bottom of their Christmas presents or something just just, just devilish and bizarre, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you well, think... he openly did that with his children. He talked about the Zodiac Killer case his whole life with really? his children. He, he made them watch the movies. He made them watch The Exorcist. He made them almost partake in a way and not know it. Now, do you, did you, you talk to any of them? Any of his kids, yeah, his family? Um, he had five kids. I've talked to four of them. Oh, really? Um, I've talked to the wife. He had three wives, actually, and I've talked to two of them. And he killed when he was with them. Oh. He, him and his wife would traipse around as a doctor of psychiatry. Oh. He would get the information needed to frame somebody and kill somebody, usually cheating husband or cheating wife or some, somebody sinning in a bad way, stealing money, and then frame someone close to him. And walk away as the nicest guy in the world. Nobody suspected. And no children. It doesn't sound like he, he, he did this with children, huh? Oh, no. He killed many, many, many children. He really? killed kids from babies. He killed up to Jesus. old people, black people, white people, native people. He tried to create hatred in all of his killings. Like going into Atlanta in 1979-81 and killing 24 little black kids in the Atlanta child killings and framing Wayne Williams. Hold he was on. the police Hold officer. on. Hold on. Damn. Are you trying to tell me that he, you're saying that Edward Wayne Edwards. Is the original ISIS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human yeah. cancer? Really, oh, you're exactly saying that right. he did no, all those ISIS killings. Did, in no, the, yeah. You're telling me that Edward Wayne, Edward Wayne's Edwards killed all those kids in Atlanta. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, he was actually arrested there in 1982, right after the trial of Wayne Williams. What? And he had been living with a Marietta, Georgia police officer, which was a relative of his, and he was part of the, the task force. He had a uniform, a Marietta, Georgia uniform. And he, I got a picture of him with his arm around the captain of the Atlanta Police Department. Are you fucking he, serious? He was inside, and he was trying to create hatred. And all those kids were spread out in church parking lots, police parking lots, very public displays of ritual, a ritual killer. And the killer was a cop. It was a white cop. And, and what happened with Williams? He went to jail He's for still it. In. He's still in. 34 there. years. Hmm. Yeah, he's still in. I talked to him. He's. I sent, him my, I sent him a copy of Ed's book because Ed wrote a book, and in that book was the answers to all his murders, actually. What? He named every city and state that he killed in his whole life in that book. Where can you and get that book? Can you get that book? Yeah, it's called Metamorphosis of a Criminal, and it's two to $3,000, actually. 
some, some of those books. Um, it was a 430-page puzzle written by the Zodiac in 1972. Are you basically, serious? It was his whole life. He mentioned my hometown 30 times in it, and it turns out he was here when we had a horrible Zodiac killing in 1956. In and, Deer Lodge, uh, you mean? That book ended up being the answer to all his murders. And I'll tell you, this is a side note. I did a show in Deer Lodge one time, beautiful small town. Really? Yep. Really? I did a show there about two years ago. Yeah, he hated Deer Lodge Prison. At the time he was here in 56 to 59, it had no electricity, it had no running water. He, was, he hated it. And so he, he sought revenge on Montana and killed here throughout his life. So if he's so prolific in doing all this, how can no one catch him? How is he free for so long? He was caught all the time for burglaries, robberies, arson, insurance fraud, and he would immediately rat. He was an informant. Oh, he was my a paid God. But that, what they didn't know is he would be, you know, in on a robbery, and he'd say, hey, man, I'll tell you about a murder, and I know who did it. And then he'd give them the information that would match who he framed, and they'd follow it, and they'd arrest him, and he'd be executed. And so there's this... people on death row right now. There's at least 12 people sitting on death row serving life sentences that he framed that are still in. This is, and is this, insane. Is this just your belief, do you think? And I'm not, I'm just playing a little bit of no, devil's you can. advocate. That's what we, that's what um, this is about. You know, or do you, is this widely held by, by more people uh, than just you? Well, you know, if people want to follow Ed Edwards' life, uh, they can do the work themselves. I put my book out, which was, which just list, listed out the evidence of who he was. Mm-hmm. But he published his own books and his own albums and his own movies and his own websites and all of this stuff that was puzzled. So if, if you want to follow it, anybody can do it. But officials do not want to follow it because the liability that this man created is beyond anything that can be imagined. And we're having innocent people being executed that he framed and they never want to admit it. And, you know, like in the Avery case, who's being sued is who's going to be sued is the cops. They're the ones with the deep pockets. Right. They're the ones that are going to have the money. You can't get money out of an old dead serial killer. What um, final thoughts here real quick. What was the final crime that got, what, what did he get convicted of? Was he put on death row and how did he finally die? Yeah, he, he pled guilty to double murder in Wisconsin from 1980, found out he couldn't get the death penalty. So he told him about a double murder in 1977 in Ohio found out he couldn't get the death penalty, then turned around and admitted the killing of Danny Boy Edwards in 1996. That's a 20-year span of killing. He got his death penalty, going to be, mur- going to be uh, executed August 31st, 2011, and he died April 7th, 2011 of natural causes. My God. Do you think he killed himself at the end? Yeah, and I think I might have assisted him. <laughs> I, uh, he was a diabetic. And he, all he wanted from me was a big case of candy. And so I sent him it, the kind that you can send into the prison, a big case of bit of honey. Mm. And I have all these letters where he's just thanking me for that candy. And, uh, yeah, I really believe that he, he assisted in his own death because what he wanted was to be uncovered, know that the puzzle was up, and then die. So in the end, he fra- almost framed you a little bit. Crazy. Oh, he was, he, he, that guy was messing with me and my friend, <laughs> wow. but it was scary. It was very scary for a time there. Well, you know what, man? I can't thank you enough. This was an amazing episode. Uh, are you working on anything else right now? 
uh, that we should be looking for? Yeah, there'll be a documentary coming out in six months, uh, Spike TV. It's going to be called It Was Him, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. Oh, my God. Been working on that for about a year. And Any other cases? Now. Any other, not not Edwards, Wayne Edwards, but other killers? Anything else you're working on? I never want to meet another killer again. I <laughs> this respect guy that, was the dude. Worst, he was the worst mother ever, and it's just like, I just want to enjoy the mountains now. <laughs> well, I have we, w- one last question. Go, Is that go, okay, go. Sam? Yeah. What would you say to, like, amateur sleuths who, like, you know, because people are fascinated right now uh, by murder and crime. I feel like it's at an all-time high. Some um, people are actually emailing these people. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and that's me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the boyfriend? I definitely messaged that guy on Facebook. The, really? Yeah. Un- undeniable. I just remembered. I forgot about it. That's where my psyche and goes did he ever when I'm hit watching these shows. No, he didn't hit me back. Um, but what would you say to, like, you know, just a couple of sleuths that want to get out there and investigate some of these cases? You see a lot uh, with these new podcasts and stuff that are happening. Um, do you recommend that? Is is Can that kind of stuff, like they had that um, Tara... Uh, Grinstead murder that the, the the guy was just they have a series called Up and Vanished and he was he'd gone through the entire case and then it just spurned some interest in the community and somebody else came forward and admitted to the killing. Uh, what do you say to like young sleuths who want to get out there and, and kind of take things on in their own hands? Do it, but be very careful. And like in in the case of Ed Edwards, the evidence was always false, steered to somebody else. And if you look at it in that light, then the evidence actually falls in place to you because Edwards always made sure it was out there. So if you want to be a sleuth, you can destroy a lot of innocent lives if you're not careful. Mm. Wow. Well, John, thank you so much. Again, you can go to his website, coldcasecameron.com. Always see all the stuff he's got going on. John, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and you know, we really appreciate your time, and uh, good luck with the uh, doc on Spike TV, and hopefully we'll be able to have you back on soon to talk about the, the, the movie coming out. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Take care, my friend. Wow. Crazy, huh? Fascinating. Fucked up. Aren't you glad you came? Yeah, man. I mean, that's fascinating, man. I, 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 dude, I got to be honest with you. I did not know you, dude, you, you did all that crazy stuff. So do you think... Let's be honest. Do you believe, and Aaron, this is where our, our guy who refuses to drink from the, the fount of knowledge, do you think he put too much into Edwards, Wayne Edwards, like a Zodiac killer, also that famous cases in Atlanta? Thoughts, guys? That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, the guy looks kind of lazy. He's not in shape. Like, yeah. how much? Well, when can you work? I mean, dude, you're a comic. You're wor- you're a fucking hustler. Yeah. Like, the guy, his his comedy is killing. When does he have time to go work out? That's true. Hey, dude, I got to kill these kids at five. I got to set up this guy at nine. <laughs> I ain't got time to hit Pilates, dog. I mean, he's definitely going, I got to kill at eight. Yeah. You gotta hit the drive-thru on the way to the yeah. next killing. Yeah. Like I mean, he's not. Yeah. There's a lot of killing, a lot he's, of setting up. He's making up. time for food. Who's, yeah. He's not making time to work. Probably guy is hitting the drive-thru all the time. Got fuck. Gotta eat another Big Mac because I gotta be over here to fucking kill this kid. I don't got time for fucking home cooked meals. I mean, he put a lot on this guy. And I, I mean, I was fa- as fascinated to talk to him just because of the amount of research and the breadth of knowledge talk that he has. Talk to me about your emailing of these people. I never knew that about you. 
Yeah, well, I get on some of these things where it just seems obvious to me. And, of course, I'm a victim of the information. Sometimes it's out there. I mean, these things are presented in a way where you just get keyed up, you know. And I I mean, this is bizarre. I just kind of remember this. I used to collect. They had all those missing. Remember those missing person cards that would come in the mail when you were young? Like the yeah. blue and white ones or the black and white ones? And it would just say 1-800-MISSING, uh, I think. Yeah. It, and then they had two little pictures of somebody who was missing. I collected all those, I remember, growing up. So I... Had to said like every week they would come and I would just stack them. You know, I just had all these missing kids and I would look at them and try and just because I thought maybe I'll see one of these kids, you know. Um, so you've always been interested in solving crimes and doing sleuth, sleuth stuff like that. Yeah, I found a couple. I was just talking about this on my podcast this morning. I found a peace sign in the woods. Sometimes part of somebody's hand had been cut off. <laughs> When I was young, and I found a peace sign. Like that. Fingers two and three. Two and three. Did you call the cops? We told some man that ran this uh, kind of sugar shack or kind of a lemonade cracker outlet. And he. Yeah. Um, that's a. That's a why. It, it, was it a lemonade stand or a crack house? Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. A little. I could get that. And he called the police and they came and got it and took it. We never heard anything else about it. But I remember always thinking, like, I got to find a man who only has two fingers, only has three. Two, yeah, two fingers or three fingers. Yeah. And my father was missing a finger. And then my mother used to watch. Um, all we would watch together was Unsolved Mysteries and uh, and America. Yeah, I watch all the time. I am consumed with. I mean, like you got this new show on Netflix called The uh, Keepers. Yeah, you guys watch it. that? Yeah. I mean, like, the, do you watch that, Aaron? It's no. crazy. It's crazy, dude, what people will do to other people. How do you guys sleep? Because I, I hear that theme song from Unsolved Mysteries, and i just like, nope, I'm changing the channel. I oh, wow. I oh, don't yeah. think I've watched a full one. His voice? I feel yeah, bad I for, um, Maybe well, you, you know what I do, dude, is one thing I'll tell you Robert for sure yeah. is that I, uh, I keep my eye on everybody around me. Yeah. Because you're 999,000 times more likely to get killed by somebody you know mm. than somebody you don't know. So what questions would you have for people that you know to try and, you know, get an inkling? I think people kill for passion, you know? Yeah. Don't fuck people over. Don't fuck over people's men, women, their, their significant others. Don't steal from them. That seems to be what it is. I mean, even on a global scale, you know, it's like people think that because Washington, D.C., everybody's got suits on. That they're like they're they're noble human beings. I don't compare the crackheads or people on the end when you watch like the first forty eight and it's like, man, he owed me five dollars, so yeah. I killed him. And you're like, five bucks? Well, these guys are killing for trillions of dollars. It's it's all fucking it's all about fucking owning the the corner, dude. Yeah, some people's crack is some people's crack, some people's power is some people's crack. You know, I just don't put myself in bad situations. Yeah. I don't trust anybody I don't know, and it does me I'm a bad person, but I keep my eye on motherfuckers. Yeah. And, dude, every time you see somebody on TV, they're like, you know, like, oh, this guy was arrested for killing children. And it's, and the next-door neighbors were always like, he was a nice guy. No, nah, dude, look at him. That guy's shady as fuck. Yeah. He looks like he, if you look like a combination of meth and lots of cats, I know you're up to something. Yeah. White. White. That's all I said. No, but dude, no Mexican more and more killers. black guys are coming out. They called more one black guy black in Baton guys. Rouge um, a while back. When I was in college, they had a, I just remembered this. When I was in college, they had this uh, BT, no, it wasn't the BTK guy. It was this other guy. He was killing women, uh, and he killed like three or four women in Baton Rouge over about a year, and then they finally caught him. But they're usually prostitutes, so, I mean, keep that snatch 
Spray. Leave the ladies so alone. Strip. They just want to make you feel better. We had a black serial killer in L.A. Yeah, I think we had sleeper. two. Yeah. I think we had two. But it's rare, I think. I mean, it's more, yeah. it's definitely I, been a white man's game over the years. Yeah. I, I do think it was a white man's game. It just seems like there's also a lot of Mexican serial killers. Yeah. You know? I mean, just there's people just go on rampages, man. Do you think there's serial killers out there right now? Fuck yeah. Fuck. There's like, what they say at any time, there's like 50 serial killers in the United States. What the there's fuck, There's people dude? they don't even know about. Oh, my God. I it's... used to be a cable guy, and I remember one time I was doing a cable installation, and this yeah. guy was laying plastic down, mm-hmm. down at the end of the hallway, and he had a hammer visible, and I just walked out of the cable installation. I was like, oh, hell no. I know what's about to happen. Dude, creeper's going to creep, bro. So, I don't put myself in those situations. Keep your head on a swivel. Have you ever thought that you could, even just for a moment in your life, thought that you could be a murderer or felt like? I, Dude, I'm honest, man. I can't hurt anything. Yeah. No, so I, I'm someone who's like, I can't take somebody's life. It's just not. Yeah, who I, am I? I can't even do it. I had a spider living near me mm-hmm. for like a week. Its web was all there, and I'm like, hey, dude, you just keep those moths away. We're cool, dog. Yeah. yeah, Sam had to talk me out of uh, even talking about killing someone that I used to, like, love. He's like, man, you're better than that. Kill yeah. him with success. You just don't want to be on the record with that yeah, shit. You know? so That'll I, come back and haunt you. So I stay mm-hmm. on a Silver Lake, so, you know. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, in the old days, you could kill easy, man, you know? <laughs> I worry about the accidental killing. I worry about, like, someone gets in your face in public. You swing on them, they, they fall, fall and, they... <laughs> and they're dead. And yeah. Well, that like, oh, happened shit. to George Prez. The guy didn't die, but the dude fell and hit his head, and he yeah. was, like, in a coma. And then, like, a year later, the guy saw him on, like, K-Loco or some shit, and he got fucking popped. Damn. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I walked the earth, dude. I don't want to cause problems. I don't want to be, you know, it's like. I just want to catch some of these murderers, man. I've always wanted to find, you know, more of a dead body than I found when I was young. And I've always wanted to catch, you know, you're find such a murderer. An, you're such an enigma. You're such an interesting. I'm just obsessed Every time you are, what they they call me on the show, the filthy onion. Because mm-hmm. it just layers. But you truly are one of the most layered individuals I've ever met in my life. Mm. And that's why you're so fucking funny. What are you working on? Because we got to go. I know you got to get out of here. Um, I'll be coming up in some cities. I'll be in New York June 23rd and 24th at, oh, at dude's Gotham. Dude, skank fast, right? No, I'm not, I didn't get asked to do that. Who even runs that? Dude, all you had to do is ask. I'm out there then. Oh, I didn't June? know. June? In June? Yeah, 23rd. It's that same weekend. I'll is be at Gotham. Is there any way I could do a guest spot? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thank you, dude. You're welcome. I would love that. So uh, so Sam will be on one of those shows. We don't know which one yet, but we'll figure it out. And then um, I'm in Stark County, Illinois, which is a small town. We're doing a fundraiser to refurbish a theater out there. And that's in rural Illinois on the 30th of June. And then July 7th and 8th, I will be in Nashville at Zany's. And I ne- really need some support for those shows. It's my first time there. So. Dude. You are by far my favorite comic. I very rarely watch somebody that makes me go feel like I am a phony at this. But you put me in that one show that you did uh, in the belly room, and you were just on fucking fire. And it just pushed me to, like, I got to write more, got to write harder, got to write faster. And 
I think you're wonderful. I know you're super slammed, and I appreciate you coming in. I know you got to get out of here. So, uh, so happy your YouTube's blowing up, dude. I appreciate it. It's fucking great. Well, you inspired me. You told me to start doing it, you know? So I appreciate the and inspiration. And it's picking man. up, dude. You're <clears throat> yeah. doing it right. I throw so much shit on my YouTube, I got to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. And keep it. So I do really love this new thing I'm doing called twerking in politics. I think mm. it's going to blow up. I take uh, Instagram models' videos. Mm -hmm which I find to be the most vapid form of entertainment. Oh, yeah. And I put political messages over it. Oh, that's so, great. So it's like, I'll send you a link. It's fucking the best. And I, I'm, I'm, I know a guy might sponsor that. He works for the Libertarian Party. They're always looking for unique ways to get to people. Dude, I'm going to talk to Penthouse. I've been talking with them because they want me to get the Naughty Show going again. Yeah. And fucking talk about them. Go to his porno shoot. Just get the fucking girls twerking. <laughs> well, get that booty meat slapping <laughs> while I give them what's really going on. Ross motherfucking Perot. Ross Perot. State motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Final thoughts. Ryan. If you ever need a gimp for those naughty shows, man, I know a guy. Yeah. Are you handicapped? Oh, no. Just a leather mask. Yeah, he bleached Ari's asshole. Oh, yeah. I saw bits and yeah, pieces yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, any thoughts? This was fun. This was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's slowly coming around. Thought everything the whole time. But now he's into it. He gets it. Good luck on your podcast. Your podcasts are both great. Appreciate I fucking root for you. I love you, buddy. I love you too, Sam. Thank you. Guys, we'll see you on the other side. Next week, uh, we're working on we're working on Freeway Ricky Ross for this fucking podcast. Rate, Talk about prescribe. Guys, if you want Ricky Ross, Freeway Ricky Ross in the podcast, hit him up, dude. A couple of you guys do it. Help a brother, help a brother. We'll see you guys on the other side. Take care, guys. Dude, this is awesome. It's all about conspiracies, man. It's amazing.